Ogumbawale for the win. Monday and welcome to Locked on Women's Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. But today we're focused on a new era of this show. We are going daily with a all-star team of hosts. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure I'm an all-star, but I'm Gabe Ibrahim. I'm a WNBA reporter and analyst for Winsider and Her Hoop Stats, along with a couple other places. If you know me, you've probably seen me on Twitter. Uh, I think I'm more of the glue guy on this team, but I'm alongside one of our all-stars, Amy Audibert. Amy, how you doing? I'm definitely not an all-star, and the glue guy is like the MVP in my opinion. So let's start there. I'm great. I, I was a WNBA analyst. I, I, but really, my biggest title is I'm a gym rat. You know, yeah. a ball, a hoop, anything, any level, I'm happy to do it. And, and I'm so excited to be joining you moving forward with this because, as we know, the W, they are the best – women's basketball players mm-hmm. in the world and oh my gosh just to look up this weekend and see them back out there uh it was almost brought a tear to my eye because it's been a crazy you know four know. or five months and it just kind of hits you right when you get to see it go on yeah no it's been it, it was beautiful it was a beautiful start to the season and this is a uh, beautiful start to our podcast, which I guess we can kind of call it Miami Mondays because I went to Miami. Amy played basketball in Miami. I did not play basketball in Miami. I merely watched basketball in Miami. But I guess what, what, we can start with the Miami Mondays. Uh, sure. Which, sure. But you know, but, unless you bleed the orange and green, everyone else, you know, they're so annoyed with us. So. <laughs> well, we'll in fairness, can. in fairness, we are a very annoying fan base. And I totally own that. I totally understand. Same, uh, same. But like I mentioned, so we're Miami Mondays, and we're going to be here every Monday, but the rest of the team is absolutely fantastic. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, you have Erica Ayala, who has so many bylines that's hard to keep track of. You've probably seen her in the New York Times, The Athletic. She is one of the best WNBA voices around, and she's got you two days of the week here. On Wednesdays, we have Lindsey Gibbs of Power Plays, who might be one of the most successful newsletter uh, early adopters here, who, who's making... Uh, a big name for herself in the in the newsletter space and is also one of the best commenters on uh, women's sports generally. And then you got Howard Megdell, the person you've heard on this podcast feed on Friday from the next and an absolute OG in the women's basketball media game. He'll be bringing you up on Fridays with likely a big interview. So it's just a great team. We're so excited to be here and let's get right into what is happening this season with the WNBA. And that all starts with the WNBA's commitment to social justice to Breonna Taylor, whose name will be on the back of their jerseys. Breonna Taylor, if you are unfamiliar, was an EMT who was murdered by Louisville police officers in March of this year. It has been 136 days since her death and her killers still walk free until she gets justice. WNBA, its players in this podcast will say her name. And we are trying to all use our platform to enact social change. And it's just been so inspiring and beautiful to see what these women have done for uh, Breonna Taylor and for so many other people um, who are suffering from police brutality and systemic racism. Yeah, I think it's important to note too, this isn't just for show, like this is real and they are not backing down. I mean, even getting post-game notes from the Atlanta Dream last night and the key stat, it's been 135 days since Breonna Taylor was murdered. And you know what, like, 
I, I'm so proud of, of obviously the women, in the, but also the W who supports them and has always allowed them to speak. And even as professional athletes, we see other leagues where sometimes they do have a bit of a muzzle on. And, and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just, it, it's a, obviously terrible, but I'm so proud that they're not backing down and not just in front of the camera, but in little things like game notes and, and side conversations. And they are serious and, and I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, I think the uh, the New York Liberty, when they released their starting lineups, uh, every player was listed as Breonna Taylor. There was a picture yeah. of her 26, which is how old she was when she died. There was a beautiful speech um, by Laisha Clarendon and Brianna Stewart to start the first game of the WNBA season where they, they basically said everything we just said, that they're not backing down. They're not stopping until they get justice and they, and they feel that they have done um, enough. And I, I think for them, that means they're never stopping, that this is going to be what they do. And it's just, it's every interview too. It's like the sideline interviews, the post-game interviews, that everything starts with them mentioning Brianna, uh, Brianna Taylor. And actually the Seattle Storm, Sue Bird didn't answer any basketball questions. She said the focus has to be on Brianna Taylor and what we're doing. And, and, and you know, we always talk about in the WNBA, we need more attention, we need more eyes. And for these players to say, whatever eyes we have on us, we're going to put them on someone else. It, it's just beautiful. And I think um, it shows what the WNBA is all about as a league, as a community. And it's, and it pushes us to do this. And I think we're going to, we're definitely going to keep it going on this podcast um, talking about Brianna and, and the struggle that a lot of people in this country face. Agree. Um, let's get into the, the basketball though, a little bit. Let's talk about just the overall impressions of the bubble setup. They're playing on kind of a sound stage in Bradenton, Florida in IMG Academy, which is beautiful. I have to say that the, the campus on, on IMG Academy is fantastic. It's a beautiful, uh, setup. The sound stage is really weird. Um, obviously there's going to be a lot of startup pains, but not a lot of technical difficulties. Um, not a lot of, not a lot of things that went wrong clearly to us. Uh, but it's more of the growing pains on the court. We saw a lot of players miss shots. A lot of players not have the legs behind them. But, Amy, I wanted to get your thoughts on just, like, what what did you think about the setup? Um, what did you think about, you know, kind of how it looked, how it felt as someone watching from afar? I was so impressed. I mean, this is, again, such an unprecedented time for everybody. And so, first and foremost, to look at your TV and see some of your favorite players and familiar faces and coaches and even the officials we recognize out there was so comforting. But then, and hearing Holly Rose reporting, every little thing, you're just like, yes, it was so important to see and hear. Even, even little details like the bench and the way it was spaced and each player having their little Gatorade stand or, or what, what that was beside them and, and the starting five on the baseline. Everything was planned so meticulously. And so the, the product on the court, they are still the best. Yeah, they miss shots. Yeah, the legs are. What do you expect? I mean, a lot of exactly. these women haven't been going full and, and training camp was so condensed. Um, and, and for me, my overall impression was just like, yes, you know, a sigh of relief, some, mm -hmm. some sort of normal, normalcy and back in our lives. Yeah, no, I, I really love, I, I loved also, I don't know if you, uh, I don't know how that notes. There was like differing opinions here, but I absolutely love that there is no like piped in crowd noise. Like they had some music in the background, which was fine because it kind of gets you, it kind of gets you into a rhythm. But I love hearing the squeaking of the shoes. I love yeah. hearing the bouncing of the ball. I love hearing they had, they had the, on Sunday, they had all the coaches mic'd up. 
And it, it's so much fun to hear Bill Lambeer, Kurt yeah. Miller, Cheryl Reeve, like, and, and um, I guess they're not really like bleeping them out or, or taking too much out of what they're saying. Cause you hear a lot of strategy. And I think it's so interesting for fans to be able to hear, you know, what a coach tells a player in these moments. Yeah. And I mean, so basically you're a gym rat too, because like all those, <laughs> ambient, all those ambient sounds, like they just get you to the core. Mm. Uh, but I totally agree. And, Listen, obviously, um, in terms of the fans and that type of atmosphere, I feel for the players more than anything, right? But if you're a fan watching at home, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I watch a game, yes, I'm an analyst. Yes, I'm a hoops junkie, but I'm also a fan. Mm -hmm. And I get more excited about what's happening on the court. You know, like that's what I'm looking at. Sure, but I do feel for the players, but they, they'll adjust. And, and it's funny because you go back to, I think it was late February when, of course, LeBron James was in front of a camera saying, there's no way I'm playing without fans. And then things mm. switched very quickly. And I think there's just this overall appreciation from everybody just to be back on the court. And that's something that I think they'll adjust, adjust to very quickly, especially now that we're already starting to have our, our matchups and our rivalries. Oh, okay. All of a sudden, everything else kind of takes a step back. We'll be getting into what was most impressive and what was most concerning from this first weekend of WNBA action. But before we get into that, let me tell you about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes, Fiat's, Kias, Teslas, and models, Pacifica, XT5, I'm not even sure what that is, is it, now, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning from the counterman as they just merely order the parts from their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have the technology to access rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, and they have everything from engine control models and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpets. Whether it is for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need within a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And the best part is, it's always at reliably low prices. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that you came from us. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We'll be getting into our predictions for this season in the next segment. But right now, let's recap a little bit of what happened over the weekend. Uh, so, Amy, I want to ask you, who was your most impressive team? I'll, I'll give you a couple candidates that stuck out to me. The L.A. Sparks uh, absolutely beat down the Mercury. A 30-day run in that third quarter was astonishing uh, in some ways. In some ways, it was not. They have a ton of talent, so they look really impressive. The Seattle Storm – um, not quite a beatdown, but they, they definitely looked like the 2018 Seattle Storm. Everyone looked healthy. Everyone looked ready for the season, which is huge for them. And then a team that I did not expect to be on the most impressive team uh, category here, the Atlanta Dream scored 105 points in their season opener after being the worst offensive team in the league last year. So which one of those teams impressed you the most? Well, I, I can't say it, Lynn. I know that team well. I work with them, and I was expecting them to, to come out ready to okay. go. Um, they didn't score a lot last year because they didn't hit shots, not because they weren't there. And they're hitting mm -hmm. shots, and they're not even full power because Courtney Williams has not played. And, I mean, Kalani Brown, so I'm expecting a monster season from them. Um, even, like, L.A., uh, the depth. I, I wasn't surprised. Like, depth wears on you. So you look at that third quarter, and that's mm -hmm. depth. That's foot on the gas. 
Um, I maybe Seattle just because we hadn't seen Stewie and mm-hmm. Sue Bird out there, I guess. But I'm going to throw another one at you, and it's it's no disrespect to them, but my gosh, Washington. Yes. So EDD and T Cloud, they come out, and for a second you go, not that they're not going to be good, but just what's that adjustment going to look like? And really, I think they took their foot off the gas at the end. I yep. mean, they, they ran it for 100, and I think it could have been a lot worse. But it makes you realize that championship-level teams, Emma Mieseman, you know, my big one's Tiana Hawkins, Ariel, yep. Ak- Ariel Powers, they're still there. They still have their chin up because they should have their chin up. Yep. And um, they, they came out and looked really good in that first game without T-Cloud and EDD. Yep. That, that, to me, was, I think, the most impressive and and Hawkins was actually uh, she was injured. She didn't have to play that much, yeah. and, and they were just like, okay, you're you're gonna sit out, and then later in this season, you're gonna have your Maisha Hines Allen uh, performance where you have twenty some points, and everyone freaks out on Twitter. Um, and, and I'm with you. I think I think Washington was really good. My most I, I'm still on that uh, LA team because I mean, yes, Phoenix is going through growing pains. They they have not. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about them in just a second, but. Phoenix is still integrating everyone. They had 27 turnovers, which is a lot of turnovers. But that LA team, it's just like everything clicked, right? Chelsea Gray was great. Candace Parker was amazing. Neka Gumake was perfect. You got a ton from Simone Augustus in her debut in LA, which was so, so, so weird to see her in a Sparks jersey. Yeah. It still feels a little dirty. still feels a little dirty, but... <laughs> She, she was unbelievable, and it's just – I think the Sparks, to me I, – I, I'm calling them the most impressive because they're the team in my mind that took a step up. I was really concerned about their chemistry last year. I was really concerned about the coaching staff. I was really concerned about how this group was going to gel in the bubble, and it just seems like, you know, they're like, okay, we're vets. Like, we understand what we're doing. Let's just get going here. Let's just move along. And I, I was so, so impressed with them. But, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Washington is also really impressive. Oh, and I did want to tell you. Courtney Williams is in the bubble. Just got to the bubble she yesterday. Is. She's in the wobble. I call it the wobble. Oh, she's the, wobble, the, the wobble. She's in the wobble. So that's, I just, I can't, I, she was one of my favorite players last year to, to just, to call mm-hmm. the watch. And so I'm so excited to see her. And I'm, I'm happy for Nikki Collin to, to have her. Uh, she's special. Yes, she is. No, she is. Um, let's move over to the other side of the coin. Uh, the most concerning loss. Uh, there are unfortunately a few candidates here. Uh, Indiana got housed as you mentioned by Washington um that was kind of the reason I didn't say Washington was one of my most impressive teams just because I thought Indiana looked so bad uh and they have so much to integrate here as we as they're starting the season a little bit later than everyone else the Mercury looked very 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 sloppy in their loss uh, as I mentioned and Connecticut and Vegas both fumbled late leads to lose games that they probably should have came away with. So it, it, those teams, and it calls for concern, any sort of, I mean, obviously it's the first game. But let's overreact to the first game. Yeah. Which one of those teams are you most concerned overreact about? Overreact on a Monday morning. I had two <laughs> copies already. No, I'm just <laughs> You know, and it, it's, I'm going to – I know you mentioned that they've had a smaller time together so far, but my biggest concern was Indiana. It's funny because my, my most impressive team was Washington, but I was really concerned with Indiana, and this is why. They return their big dogs, all of mm-hmm. them. I love Candace Dupree, also someone who I, I just I loved calling last year. So Candace Dupree, Natalie Achanwa, Tiffany Mitchell, Kelsey Mitchell, you know, Tier McCowan's still there. And mm-hmm. so I was a little and yes, they have a new head coach, Coach Stanley. 
who cut, who came from Washington. And so that's why I said, I think they took the gas off the pedal in that fourth quarter Washington mm -hmm. did. And so while they did have a shorter time together, they should already have a little bit more chemistry on the court. And like I said, those are big names, big basketball player names. And they didn't have a good season last year. I thought that they would have been a bit more competitive mm -hmm. on the court this first game. At the same time, it is the first game. And so I'd be more concerned if we're having the same conversation next Monday morning. Yeah. Well, it's also, I mean, yes, it's the first game, but there's only 22 of them, right? Like That's the thing. You don't have time. You don't have the luxury to, to take a month to figure it out. And they, and they are behind on conditioning with, from that week that they had to uh, stay out of the bubble to quarantine with um, their COVID cases. And it seems like everyone's back and healthy. Um, but, well, I think Lauren Cox just got, it just got back to being healthy, but, um, they're just so out of condition that as more, as teams get more conditioned throughout the season, they're going to continue playing catch up. And it's just like, how fast can they close that gap? And it's going to happen quickly. And my biggest concern was why is Tierra McCallum not starting? Like what is happening that your best player is coming off the bench? Like she was at the beginning of her rookie year. Um, do you have any sort of idea of why that happened? No, I, I think maybe sometimes it's a it's a mismatch thing. Like, uh, Tierra McCowan yes. is a space eater inside, and you actually can't move her. When she gets two feet in the paint, you're done. However, like you said, you take that extra week, and, and you wonder with the conditioning. And, and the one thing with Indiana is they cannot afford injury, right, mm -hmm. to compete. And when you are already a week behind everybody else and you push too hard, then you start getting hurt. And so maybe Indiana saying, listen, we need to balance our minutes and, and work our rotations because Natalie Achanwa and Candice Dupree are your four and five. And if you want to be a bit more mobile and get up and down, those are the two that you got to go with. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I don't mind bringing Tierra McCowan off the bench because the other thing is when you bring that type of size and power off the bench and you're hitting somebody on their second wind, my gosh, you, yeah. you know, she comes in, you can't move her. And we saw that last year. And so maybe there's a little bit of strategy with that as well. Like I said, I, I'd give them another week or two. And then if we're having this conversation, then, then I'd be a, a lot more concerned. The thing with the thing to me though, I mean, I'm just a very big on play your five best players. I don't care what position they are. I don't care what, I just play your five best players every second you can. And Tierra McCowan has to be the mismatch. She's the mismatch. You don't have a mismatch when you have Tierra McCowan on the floor. She, you, the other team has to adjust to you. And I think that's the mentality that Indiana has to have if they're going to be good this season because she's their best player. She's their workhorse. She's the person who's going to take them from point A where they are to point B where they want to be. So to me, she's got to be out there and she's got to be the mismatch. You know, she's yeah, the person. She, you got to look right. who they're playing too, right? They're playing Washington. Right. Right. Washington doesn't have a six, seven, six, eight space eater. And so it's kind of like, it's a strategy thing and, and I'm okay with keeping, I'm, I love that sixth, seventh player off the bench role. And I'm okay. If one of your, your studs is there too, I get what you're saying, but I think there's a lot of strategy too, in terms of substitutions and especially, Hey, it's the first game. So let's figure out what, what we're going to go with here. Yeah. And I think it's a lot of experimenting for all of the teams I just mentioned in this most concerning category. I'm, I'm concerned, but obviously first game of the season, not a ton of training camp, not a ton of, you know, getting to know each other uh phoenix though would be the second one on my list just because they they looked awful 20, 27 turnovers is the most turnovers tie for the most turnovers in the league since like 2014 so that is really really bad um but i think you know you're not gonna have to, well hopefully you're not gonna have 27 turnovers 
every game. So we're going to wrap up here with our predictions for the 2020 season. We do want to tell you to tune into Erica's opening show coming up tomorrow. Erica Ayala, who is one of the best voices in WNBA, she'll be on tomorrow bringing you another episode of Locked On Women's Basketball. But first, let's give our predictions. Let's get on the record. Amy, do you want, do you want to start us off with your predictions for the finals matchup, or do you want me to go first? I'll let you go first because oh. what happened was I don't want to take your picks, but your picks were pretty good. So I'll let <laughs> you go first and then I'll try to curveball you. All right. Uh, my, my picks are pretty chalk. I'm going uh, Seattle versus Los Angeles. Um, I think at the end of free agency, I said it was going to be Se- Seattle, Washington, but obviously that um, is not looking so good, but it's still on the table apparently. Uh, but I just think the Sparks really showed me something in this first weekend that they are together, that they are ready, that they are healthy to play together and, and develop that chemistry that's going to be so important come playoff time that they didn't really have time to do last year and led to their playoff loss. I just think that they have, you know, you look at this is one of the most star-studded rosters in the league, and they're missing Chanea Gumake and Christy Tolliver. I think Brittany Sykes has been a revelation. She's just a an, an spark plug for them athletically, and, and she can shoot so well. I love – her fit there, and obviously we got to bring up Raquana Williams, University of Miami's own, hey, <laughs> uh, uh, on uh, on Miami Mondays. Um, she she's going to be uh, a good fit for them. I think she um, can also kind of you know be the microwave that we've seen her be throughout her career, and and just put up buckets when they need her to. So Los Angeles to me is a very complete team as long as they're maintaining chemistry, maintaining health, and Derek Fisher doesn't do anything crazy, they will be really, really good this season. And Seattle, I mean, what more can we say about Seattle? It's, uh, to me, that's a, what, to me, we're going to end up talking about uh, their starting lineup of Brianna Stewart, Sue Bird, Natasha Howard, Alicia Clark, and Jewel Lloyd as one of the best starting fives in WNBA history. And then you look at the bench and you have that's players it. who – Right, it's like you, you look at the bench. You have other starters that could be on this team, and frankly, I think Jordan Can is going to be an all-star at some point, especially if she figures out how to shoot. So I, I'm in love with the Seattle team. I think um, they're gonna they're gonna kind of waltz into the finals if they are healthy. So that, that's my finals matchup: the yeah, and Sparks to, and the Storm. And to add on, I think Mercedes Russell is yes. so huge, and she's so good. And coming off the bench with that again, like not the size of a McCowan. But the energy and the spark plug and the like tenacious, that second hit. Um, so I just wanted to add that because obviously you pick some really good teams and I don't <laughs> want to say the same things as you. So I would say this. Um, I would say LA if, and if you remember, things kind of fell apart for yes. them in yes, the playoffs and it was a chemistry issue and it seemed to be like a bit of coach and player. There was GM. So if they can and, and they've added more talent right like they've mm-hmm. added like you said Brittany Sykes they've added Christy Tolliver and so if they and I think they will because I think they realize how close they got last year you know and, and mm-hmm. just not getting quite there and those are dog mentality women so I, I do believe LA will see them uh the curveball I'm gonna throw at you is Chicago Ooh. Uh, Ch- well here's the and here's why I'm telling you that I mean Chicago last year was kind of my, I'm not going to say underdog because they were good, but if you looked at those top three or four teams, they were the one that I said, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see them at the end. Mm -hmm. They returned again. They returned that core. 
and James Wade's back for his second year. And um, I know we're going to talk about MVP and that's why my curveball is going to go in there. Oh, okay. So I think they play with tremendous energy. By the way, the Vegas Chicago matchup last yeah, awesome. year, last season was my favorite matchup. And probably because mm-hmm. there was some Twitter trash talking yep. involved that we all had our popcorn for. Don't lie. <laughs> like you were like yeah. kind of following all the players, but um, they, they check a lot of boxes. Right. And we saw mm-hmm. the way that they, in the, the first game of the of their season over the weekend had that beautiful baseline pass mm-hmm. and of course when you're playing with your wife of course you'd hope the chemistry is yeah. there but my gosh perfect pass to a contested Quigley who made the read escaped out of it and hit the shot that was poised so while we're talking about early rust Chicago figured out a way to get that win against their big rivalry, mm-hmm. and uh, and I just see their season trending up. But it's all about health, right? You yes. got to stay healthy. Yes, and shouts to uh, Steph Dolson for setting an absolutely wonderful screen on that hammer action. We are going to give the big girls love on this podcast. Thank I, you. I think we're, I Thank think you. that's what we're going to do because I I love I love Steph Dolson. She sets. Yeah beautiful screens um and she gets away with so many moving screens which i love as as a as a person who who's uh kind well, of doing that in my pickup games that's because of this there you go that's because of the smarts of the guards too they mm-hmm. and that's the thing if you have really smart guards that understand how to come off and read screens you gotta stand there and let them hit you and so we talk about that chemistry because i just talked about a really nice pass and a perfect shot you were you were the superstar who came up with the screen because that's where it starts. Yep. That's all chemistry and that's clicking in day in day one for them. And, yep. and that was really, I thought that was really exciting to see. Mm-hmm. And we should mention though, that this, they won this game against their biggest rival and there's some real hate in this rivalry, which I love. Um, Diamond the Shields only played 15 minutes because she has yeah. some inflammation in one of her knees. I forget which one. Um, so she's not even a hundred percent yet. And I think that's going to take us to our MVP predictions. Amy, you want to start off? Yeah, but I'm just going to say this. Let's not lie. Cam Beige not on the court Huge. for uh, Vegas. Obviously, the, the skill of the basketball player, but then also just that intangible grit, mm-hmm. talking, all that too. That, that I do miss that. But yeah, I, my, so my early candidate, because I didn't want to take yours, is Diamond DeShields. If she gets healthy, she continues to improve vastly every year. I was so impressed with her last year in the jump she made. I really want to see. I, I hope she gets healthy because first and foremost, I'm a fan and I love the game. And I love Diamond to Shields. Mm-hmm. And, and you look at who she's surrounded by, right? MVPs are special. And I think they go from good to great by who they're surrounded by. She's surrounded by all-stars, and, mm-hmm. and including Cheyenne Parker. I want to talk about her too because she is a huge player on that team as yeah. Ray Stevens I mean she has all the tools around her yeah. to be nothing but great this season if she's healthy and I said I, I noticed yesterday and you know we notice this all the time with Diamond is that she kind of she has that thing that great players do that she just hangs in the air a little bit longer you know we yeah. never seen that we never seen that from a Chicago player before that player that hangs in the air a little bit longer no never the crowd is I you hope you'd hope the community is really engaged with that because mm-hmm. my gosh, I, I believe her and Brittany Sykes are, are the two, to me, the best athletes in the league oh, in yeah. terms of being able to do stuff like that. So yes, yes. Come on, Chicago. Like, <laughs> you got it. You got it. No, I, and I'm, I'm with you on diamond. Um, I, so my, my MVP pick is uh, Neka Agumake. I, I think she was perfect in her opener uh, eight for eight, I believe in 21.7 rebound, just, 
she does so much on the court both ways. And I think in the WNBA community, it's not so much as it is in the NBA community where we're only looking at offensive output. There's a lot more defensive um, minded voters in this world. And I think they see Neka Gumake who can switch out onto literally any player in the league. I'm comfortable with her switching out on any player in the league, guarding everyone from, you know, a Brittany Griner to a Leilani Mitchell. And I think that's so, so impactful and so important. I think she's the linchpin of Los Angeles' success. And I think if we're both picking them to be in the finals and she's going to be the best player on the team, I think she, she's off to a really good start for her MVP candidacy. Um, okay, so we're, we're not going to do the team that is going to surprise because we are, we are running a little bit out of time. But um, let's pick a game of the week here. Um, I think there's there's going to be a few really nice games that you want to shout out to that Washington-Seattle matchup, which I'll be talking about a lot uh, during the rest of the week. But the one I'm really looking out for, and it, it was it's our it's your pick to the finals, Amy, Los Angeles versus Chicago on League Pass at 8 p.m. on Tuesday. Uh, that's going to be a great one. Who? What do you think is going to decide that matchup? I just talked a lot about depth for both teams, mm-hmm. and so I think – you know, as it is a game of runs, what I'm going to look at in terms of decision is who's respond decision in the final is who's responding better. Mm-hmm. You know, LA is going to go on a run. How quickly can Chicago respond to it? Chicago is going to have their moments. How quick can LA shut it down? And to me, it's going to be who's going to minimize the op- the opposition's runs, if that makes sense, because I think there's tremendous depth on both sides. It's a uh, it's like a talent versus chemistry matchup because as you mentioned you, you just spent you spent a lot of time talking about Chicago's chemistry their familiarity with one another how how well they work together and I think LA just has so much raw talent that they're as they figure it out it's going to be scary once they get that chemistry but they're not there yet so this is to me just a crucial early season matchup to see where these teams are and what they need to work on and how good Chicago can be I mean hopefully Diamond can play a little bit more. We can see her a little bit more on the floor, but even without diamond, like how good, how, how far can this team go? Is Vandersloot actually MVP candidate on this team still? Is Allie Quigley going to be back to being the best shooter in the world, which I think she is. So, you know, I, I'm really, really excited for that matchup on Tuesday and obviously get league pass. I, I, I hope if you're listening to this podcast, we don't have to tell you to buy league pass. It's like $17. It's, it always makes me feel bad, to be honest with you. Like, even last year uh, when I was calling Atlanta games, I still paid for my league pass. I'm like, uh, let me just, like, you know, take my $20 and support the league. And I'm Canadian, so that's a uh, little more than $17. <laughs> me. It's about 22 or 23 and I'm happy to do it. You, everyone needs to buy a league pass. It's ridiculous if you don't. I, it's, it's, in, it's an incredible resource because you can also go back and rewatch all the games, which is gonna, what I'm going to be doing after this podcast. So, um, let's wrap it up. The uh, let's let you know how you can find us on social media. At the absolute best place to uh, keep up with me is at Gabe underscore Ibrahim on Twitter. Amy, what? How can the people keep up with you? My Twitter is at Amy Odbert. Right now, I'm also working a men's pro league in Canada, so I've got 26 games over 16 yes. days. So you're gonna see not just a lot of WNBA. You might see. Some other stuff too, but if you love basketball, that's usually I'm more of a reader to be honest than an actual yeah. tweeter. I like to just read everyone's tweets, but that's cool. I'm there. I, I, I see all your lovely messages. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tweet a lot. I'm a volume shooter. I'm Raquana Williams, one yeah. of my favorite players. I just <laughs> put I put it up. 
Hey, I, I put it, I put them up, you know, you never know when you're going to get 50. Uh, <laughs> you can follow this show on Twitter at locked on W B B and please rate review and subscribe to locked on women's basketball on your favorite podcast app. We are on all of them. Remember Eric Ayala is coming up tomorrow. Lindsay Gibbs on Wednesday, Eric will be back on Thursday and then Howard rounds out the week on Friday and we will see you next Monday. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we hope you have a wonderful day, and we hope you watch some basketball because it's beautiful that it's back. Bye.